It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. The PGA Tour and LPGA Tour wrapped up on Sunday. It's Thanksgiving weekend and we're having some fun on Black Friday. What's next in December? We'll get there. I have a great holiday guest, Mr. Rick Gaiman. He's perfect for a little tryptophan reaction from yesterday. (laughs) Of course, The Pro Show kicks off now. Let's roll, Wade. Give me the peppers. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. Choose not to like of imitation. Distant cuts into the reservation. And what a Black Friday it is, my friend. Yeah, I was I was thinking about what I was going to say in the opening this afternoon. First of all, I, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. Thank Happy you. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Did you have a nice time yesterday with I family did. and friends? And Absolutely. That's good. Can't wait for the leftovers. Do you do the do you do the turkey sandwich or do you like the uh, what I do the un unholy mixture just slammed onto a roll? Um, I'm a big stuffing guy with the turkey. Okay. And um and mashed potatoes and everything. So you don't you have no qualms putting all that into a sandwich. I'm gonna do it open face style. Okay. Yeah. You know, you know, here's a little insight on me. If you go back like uh, 20-something years when I was in college, one of my favorite meals at the Kimball Dining Hall at Holy Cross mm-hmm. was the open-faced turkey night. Okay. Uh, you just get the bread and then the turkey and the gravy. and, and, uh, and the, the simple stuffing. things in life, isn't it? Uh, I mean, there's a reason why there's one meal that has lasted centuries. That's it. Think about it. Yeah. Right? I mean, when did the pilgrims get here? It was a long time ago, right? I think technically the first one, it was a long time ago. <laughs> right. I don't think they had turkeys right away. I think that's like a thing they adapted. I think they were eating like lobsters and eels and crap. I remember learning that in school. How do we get away from lobster? I love I, I lobster. I know, right? I mean, I get the eel thing. I don't even know where that's no, coming from. Because it but, was just local, I think. But we, we could be eating lobster every every Thanksgiving Thursday. Wait, Plymouth Rocks in Massachusetts. How, is, Dude, how are eels telling, local? I read it on the internet, okay? It's okay. got to be true. It's got to be true. You saw it on Twitter, right? Yeah, exactly. Kanye tweeted it. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. There's a lot of, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, uh, parade, successful, everything, you know, things are good. Um, Went up to my sister's yesterday. And uh, you know what? Speaking of which, today's the 25th. And uh, I'm going to wish a happy birthday to my niece. Oh, nice. Yes. My my sister's daughter, Piper. So happy, happy ninth birthday. Piper, what a cute name. Yeah. How old? Nine? Nine. That's a fun age. Yeah. I mean, I would have said that no matter what age you said. She's 22. That's a fun age. You would have said about any age other than our ages. This is what you would have said it about. That's for sure. But, uh, you know, I opened with the Black Friday thing and I was laughing to myself because I was driving over here this afternoon and I'm thinking to myself, there was another Black Friday commercial, even like on uh, Sirius, which I was listening to on the way over. Sorry, I wasn't listening to 920. That's fine. And uh, I like to hear a little music or whatever prior to uh, the show before we blast out the playlist for today, which we have a good. I'm, I'm sure you're going to pull out for Black Friday a good playlist. Maybe yeah. you go back a couple of years and bring on Gary Player singing again or whatever. But the Black Friday thing, I mean, honest to God, it, it started before like the Christmas decorations. I mean, I feel like they sure. were, it was like Halloween and they're like Black and Orange Friday. And I'm like, what, what are we doing? I think there have been know? trees at Lowe's though since like August. Remember what? <laughs> remember when it was a big deal? That like Walmart and Target opened at midnight on Thanksgiving, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And now, now they've been running sales for since like what Labor Day? 
I mean, it's unbelievable. I hate that, by the way, opening yeah. like a th- dragging people from the Thanksgiving table to save 20 bucks on a TV set. Give me a break. Oh, I mean, I thought one of the greatest inventions is when they came out with the 830 football game, right? <laughs> oh, me you know, exactly. like we're going to get three games today. This is <laughs> right. awesome. You know, and and then all because, you know, all the other sports take the day off. So it was like, all right, well, I'm good with the football and everything. Absolutely. It's just I don't know. I don't know. But you know what, though? Um when the trip to fan, as I joked on the uh, in the opening there, kicks in and the turkey kicks in and everything, you know, you need a little action on a Friday afternoon. So we have a good friend of mine, Rick Gaiman. I bumped into him last week out at Sea Island for the RSM. And I said, hey, what are you doing next week? We got to do a little year review, a little Thanksgiving fun, a little cool. Black Friday, whatever. And he's like, I'm down for whatever. So um, he's out there in Las Vegas. He's back out there. He's not still in Georgia. And uh, um, he's the host of the CBS Sports uh, First Cut podcast. He does a bunch of media on his own. He has a great platform, rickrungood.com. Check him out. Um, The guy's great for golf. I love him. You know, I mean, because, you know, so much of my network over the years is just people that I've interacted with in and around the golf course. And as I've gotten and transitioned and pivoted and all the different things that I do now, I get to meet so many more people that are as much into golf as I am, but they don't have the same background. Right. So in, in a lot of ways, it reinvigorates my love and passion for the game and spreading the goodwill and doing all the things that we do here at the Pro Show every Friday afternoon. And you're an open-minded guy, so you, you like other perspectives too. Oh man, totally. Other perspectives totally. can make you appreciate what you appreciate even more. You know, I, it makes, it, well, whatever all that means, yes. You know. Now we think about it, it makes sense. You know, there's something you got to appreciate. I'll give you something to appreciate. And that is the LPGA Tour wrapped up on Sunday afternoon, the CME Group Tour Championship. Of course, the men wrapped up at the RSM, which I was down there in Sea Island, Georgia, but that's just the midway point or the one-third, two-third mix or however the tour is going to work out. So they're just taking a break. Mm-hmm. They're on a break, right? <laughs> they were but on a break. They were on a break. But but the ladies, they actually do it like baseball does in the, in the calendar year. They, mm-hmm. they start yeah. and they finish in the same year, which uh, I always thought was kind of a cool thing and unique to sports that do that. So then you don't have to like think about, were they the Super Bowl champs in like 22, but then there was the 21 season or all that stuff, you know? Anyway, so Lydia Ko, she won the other day. Right. Yes. Which is kind of apropos because at the end of the day, I don't know that anyone had a better season than her. Now, there was a lot of talk between her and Minji Lee being the player of the year, yada, yada. Lydia Ko earned more points, but she goes down to Florida. It's the top 60 ladies on the points list. They had brutal weather. We had brutal weather in Georgia. It's been established. Right. But she goes down there and she wins on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, she wins over Leona McGuire, who we had at read the line, which was a little bit heartbreaking. Um, not going to lie. It's okay. But going for win number 13 of the year. But but I digress. We're going to give Lydia Coe some props here, right? Rolex player of the year. The race to the CMA Globe points winner. Think of FedEx points, right? She won that thing for the ladies, right? Official money list. $4.3 million. $4,364,403, right? So I started thinking about this. She had three wins. $2 million for winning on Sunday. Two million. Yeah. Largest purse ever. First place prize ever in women's professional golf. Seven million dollar purse for 60 ladies. Right. So Mm. shout out to my friend Mike and his uh, wife Peggy. They were there Sunday. They live in Naples. Oh, nice. Did they? Well, were they dressed warm? Did they have fun? They were dressed. No, they weren't. They showed. You know what? He's the guy that wears shirts in the wintertime. So he doesn't he doesn't dress for the weather. Um, I mean, some people, the weather just doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect them. I'm not one of those people. 
<laughs> exactly. It's like 30 degrees here, and you and I are like bundled they up. They had beer to keep them warm. Oh, well, you know, as versus the World Cup. How about that whole mess? <laughs> oh, are you kidding man. me? Right? Just see Budweiser tweeted out when you, tell, when you, you were talking about the announcement, no alcohol, no beer, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And well, they tweeted out, awkward. <laughs> this is awkward. And they and they waffled on it, no less. They were in, and then they were out, then they were in. And they love telling you. I mean, we've been talking about this for a month, how many people are coming there and how many people are going to watch sure. uh, over the world and, and, and tune in for this thing and everything. But, like... Are you kidding me? Right? Are you kidding me? These people light fires in the stands, okay? And we're going to tell them that there's no alcohol? Right? Now, they can, they're selling them outside the game, right? They have these pop-up places where they can get beer? I think I saw that. I thought it was a religious thing. I thought it was too, but I don't know. Qatar, by the way, sounds like a Star Wars planet, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> you're right. But you know what, though? They don't have the cantina scene because they don't have any beer. I mean, are you kidding me? You're talking about... Yeah. I, I, Anyway, you, you're throwing me off on tangents here. All right, let's go back. We're going to go back to Lydia Koda. It's Tangent Friday. Lydia, Lydia, <laughs> every, Lydia. Every Friday. <laughs> 4.3 million she won, right? Three wins, 2 million on Sunday. She's 25 years. So here's a couple things that I wanted to point out. She's 25 years old. She's been on tour for 10 seasons, right? Uh, yeah, to that, yeah, yeah. 2012, she had her first win. She was 15 years old. Right. Mm. Unbelievable. And she's a great spokesperson for the women's game and everything. So I started digging in this. I go, all right. So the purses always keep going up over time. You know, it's like um, the original Star Wars earned like uh, $10,000 in the theaters. And then they put out like a bad Star Wars now and it gets like six billion. You know what I mean? But I'm like, yeah, but the tickets now are like $80 a piece. Right. Right. Relative. So like everything, everything's relative. Right. So I wondered to myself, I go, did she earn more money in a season than any woman had ever earned? on the LPGA tour because we're making such a big deal about the purse size. So at the start of the year, it was like going to be like 33 events or something. A couple got canceled over in Asia because of um, COVID restrictions or whatever, but they did, they did 31 events and they had a little over 85 million in purse money. Okay. All right. They just announced next year's schedule. It's going to be 30 something events too, but they're going to do 101 million mm. in, in purse money. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, I go, was 4.3 million, the highest number ever. Did Lydia Ko just break that record? And as it turns out, she did not. No. Okay. She didn't. Lorena Ochoa back in 2007, right now she had a small run there. Lorena Ochoa from Mexico. She was unbelievable. Like Annika, unbelievable. Right. right? She beat her out. By five hundred and ninety-one dollars in two thousand wow. in two thousand and seven, she had seven wins. Now think about it. Think about how dominant she had to be when a win back then was probably like a hundred thousand and change. That was fifteen years ago. Right? Two thousand seven was fifteen years ago. Fifteen years. Ago. So I kept going back, and you know, I was like, I got to like two thousand and twelve, and then I I was looking at the money list, and it kept dipping and it kept dipping, and then I got back to the Annika years, and I go, all right, if if Annika couldn't get over like three million. Right. Then there's no way. So right. I go like one more year. I go one more year. I get to 2007 and I'm like, boom, wait a second. <laughs> now I start looking at this year and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Anyway, um, Lydia Ko, player of the year, scoring trophy, um, just an amazing season. Minji Lee, another great year, too. Uh, you got to love names like 19 year old at Dietetical, the LPGA. You love where they are. And, you know, Lydia Ko. How does she compare to the men? You know, you want to think about this for a second, right? Sure, sure. So um, let's go with our boy who's at the top of the list, Roy McIlroy, right? FedEx Cup champion. He's also the DP World Race to Dubai champion as of last weekend, right? He had three wins on tour this past year, including the tour championship. He won $8.6 million. So he mm -hmm. doubled her. Sure. Okay. He had 10 top 10s. Um, 
that's not counting the 18 million he won for the FedEx Cup. Right, but right, right. You know, that's semantics, right? Uh, how about our boy Cam Smith, right? He was number two in the world for a while there. He's he's slowly falling down the charts because of his status over on Live. He had three wins. He had a players and the British Open. Uh, 10 million in earnings for him and change, and seven top tens. So 10 million for him. Lydia Ko killed it 4.3 million, right? Scotty Scheffler spent most of the year number one in the world, player player of the year. He had four wins, including the Masters, fourteen million. Number one on the official money list. Cam Smith was number two at ten million. Eleven top tens, right? So you kind of put this in perspective. If you made a million dollars, if you made two million dollars on the PGA Tour, you made it to number sixty-four on the official money list. Okay. If you made a million dollars, you made it to number one hundred and twenty-five. All right. Yes. On the LPGA side, if you made two million, you made it to number six. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little different versus 64. <laughs> and if you made it a made a million, you made it to 27. My point being is that to try to put it all into perspective, I think it's great that the ladies are going to be up over 100 million in purse money next year. But let's continue that run. The, the, the golf that they are playing that I cover week in and week out. And through Read the Line, we get more and more people watching the women's game because we're winning over there. And I get what we're doing. Right. And I'm doing it for a reason, folks. There's some great storylines going on over there, like Adam Spence and winning at the RSM. There are some names you don't know, mm -hmm. and they're playing some fantastic golf. And it's really a lot of fun. Um, that being said, Scotty Scheffler or Rory McIlroy is not the golfer that earned the most money this year, according to just playing golf. OK. Right. Um, that gentleman is Phil Mickelson, who, according to Forbes, <laughs> made one hundred and thirty eight million dollars. Ah, it's pretty good. Uh Good work. Good job. You can get it. I guess. I guess. $138 million. And they had this great um, picture of him up with the article uh, where he looked like he was totally in witness protection with the with the new evil Phil, bizarro Phil look. Sitting next to the chair with Satan and a contract signing it. Oh, my goodness. He's signing it in blood. That's right. Like Sign Homelander here, or something. Here and here. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy, you know, there's a shift going on. And there was another thing that was released this week, and that is our PIP. The player impact program winning list released by the PGA Tour. Phil's not on that one, okay. mind you. He's not. Um, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. And I don't. And I love to kind of put things into perspective as we get to this time of year. We don't have live golf to cover, um, although we will next week with the hero. But, you, you know, it, it. this whole idea that the PGA Tour is shifting from a meritocracy, right, is an interesting kind of evolution in my mind because it's really the first sport that's kind of – taking this new age world mm -hmm. we have with the media and the business side of sports and everything and kind of combining the two. So I'm, we're all interested to see how this goes. But at the end of the day, the PIP list comes out. Of course, Tiger Woods hits like 10 shots in, in 2022, and he's number one on the list. Right, I mean, he's ranked right. he's ranked 1,266th in the world, but that's all right. <laughs> he is He leads all the meltwaters and the Google searches and all that other kind of stuff, right? But number two on the list, you got Rory. Number three, Jordan Spieth. Number four, JT. Number five, John Rahm. Number six, Scotty. Number seven, Xander. Eight, Matty Fitz. Nine, Willie Z. Ten, Tony Finau, where he be now. He's number 10 uh, on the PIP program. They go all the way out to number 20. 11 was Colin Morikawa again, but this year they, went, they go to 20. Um, what's interesting, though, is that, folks, these, this status for certain people is important. And one of them I'll bring up in a second is that this goes into whether or not you become an, um, eligible for one of those elevated events. 
So the 17 elevated events, no, not the majors, but the ones that the PGA Tour has determined. So whether it's WMPO or the Century Tournament of Champions, that top like 60 golfers that they're talking about, um, it relates to this PIP list. And when you look at the list, it's interesting because you have guys that are like 13th, like Kevin Kisner. Right. And it's probably like all the stuff he does with Barstool and all, you know, all the right. awareness he raises for himself. But he's ranked 31 in the world. You've got a guy like Adam Scott ranked 34th in the world. He's 17th on the list. You've got a guy, Jason Day, who really is with Adam, kind of the representatives of Australia. Still a very, very popular guy. He's ranked 114th in the world. And Jason Day made 18th on this list. Again, this has nothing to it, it does have to do with play. Right, I get right, it indirectly. Right. But Jason Day hasn't won in like three years. Okay. However, he grows. However, however, he is his meltwater is melting. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, one of the ones that are on that list that I find is interesting is Ricky Fowler. He's 16th on the list, right? Number 109. Those are the types of guys that it's going to be interesting when it all breaks down that they're getting in the elevated events and maybe somebody who is winning more often but isn't paying attention to these things. And that's why I bring up the perspective on the sports thing. It'll be interesting to me how somebody like maybe the NBA or, or ML, you know, MLB, NBA is in a great place. Don't get me wrong. NFL is in a great place. But if you were the NHL and, the M- and MLB and you wanted to make a run at number two, the NBA, as far as popularity, how would you do it? Mm-hmm. How would you promote your stars? Would you get them to promote themselves? That's what the PGA Tour is doing. And we'll cover a little bit where golf stands on, when we get to the update. But at the end of the day... This is all pretty interesting to Absolutely. me. Absolutely, it's it's very interesting to me. In a sport that was like, if you play the best, you'll be at the top of the heap. Right, or you'll be in those elevated events, and you'll These do all these things. Say otherwise, right? Well, the world is extent. well, the world is shifting in many ways, you know. And um, I, I I agree with it, but at the same time, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Absolutely. Because if there's one thing golf media likes to do, it's complain and and talk about and overanalyze things, and then and then use a lot of hyperbole. So. Um, you know who doesn't complain there, Mr. Wade Weezer? Who's that? That's our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. I knew you were going to say The that. charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. You got pretty aggressive with the music there. Are you <laughs> excited little, for that? A little them? hotter than I want well, to you know, you got to give thanks. The Inspiration Golf Range, located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township, is the new home site of golf programs for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Open to the public... Proceeds from the Inspiration Range will support foundation programs and events. To learn more, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Oh boy, pushing 320 here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with golf's hippest host, my man, Rick Gaiman. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. Choose not to life of Sean Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Deshaun, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app.
The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The Inspiration Golf Range, located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township, is buzzing as the new home site for golf programs in support of youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Led by PGA professionals, PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, is a weekly rehabilitative golf program for veterans that is changing and saving lives. Special Olympics New Jersey golf athletes will be training and competing at the Inspiration Range throughout the fall season, and a lineup of youth programs will also be on the schedule. The Inspiration Golf Range is open to the public and proceeds support the New Jersey Golf Foundation programming. To learn more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Now, I have high hopes for this next conversation, a special holiday interview with one of golf's brightest young media stars. Golf's growing in popularity every day. Rick Gaiman helps fuel that growth with his ability to engage fans through all of his platforms. From CBS Sports to his own media, the Philly native now shines where the lights are brightest in Las Vegas. There's no better way to look back than with a guy who makes a living off driving us all forward. Well, the fans have spoken and they want everything, so we're going to give it to them this afternoon. It's Black Friday with Rick Gaiman. How are you, my friend, out there in Vegas? I'm doing well, Keith. It's uh, good to catch up. I'm excited about this and, uh, you know, recovering from my, my turkey coma, but no, nobody else I'd rather chat with than you. Well, my producer, Wade, there, you know, I, I know he's no producer, Jacob, but, you know, Wade holds his own. And he, uh, he, you know, he lit it up there with a little panic at the disco. So I'm sure you're awake at this point. Now, Thanksgiving, my friend, is one of those times of reflection. And I know you're a very reflective person in many ways, right? So, when you look back this year, or when you sat at the dinner table yesterday, if you paused for a second, what are you most thankful for in 2022? Yeah, there's 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 obviously so much from 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 health and from and from family and friends. I mean, from kind of the golf perspective, it, it is it is crazy, Keith, that, that I get to do this for a living, right? You know, very thankful for that. I think that the opportunities. Uh, grow in this game and to have a different puzzle every single week of uh, the world's best with a different field going to a different golf course and being able to to, to put turkey on the table uh, doing it that way is is incredible and I'll, I'll give you one thing that that stands out and you know this when you when you go to these golf tournaments you know the U.S. Open this year was at um, was at Brookline and and that's a claustrophobic old golf course with a, with a lot of history and I found myself on a Saturday inside the ropes you know tens of thousands of people are are around uh Rory McIlroy five feet away from me and I took a moment right there to be reflective and said my, my god this is unbelievable like I can't believe I get to do this so yeah very, very thankful this year uh for a lot of reasons you know thinking about that Week in and week out. I mean, you are one of those guys that pushes out a ton of media. You know, you're probably on like, you know, show number 267 of the year or something ridiculous like that. And in order to do that, you got to find a way to get up early in the morning and, you know, 
reinvigorate yourself day after day, week after week. So there's got to be something, you know, what's your North Star? What brings you the most joy when you start to talk about covering golf? Because we're about to get back on the hamster wheel in a couple of weeks here when the first of the year starts. You know, what 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 kind of lights you up? So I've uh, I've learned that the, the people who consume my content, it's it, it, by all standards, a very small, you know, niche of a niche community. Uh, they kind of thrive me and, and they kind of fuel me a little bit. And, and to hear some of the feedback that we get, um, you know, it keeps me going week in and week out. And I think I've found that the lines for me are, are very blurred, Keith. You know, what's work and what's pleasure. And I think that's a, sometimes that can be a bad thing. I think for me it's a really good thing because I think if you gave me a billion dollars, um, I would wake up tomorrow and say, okay, well, like what's going on in the world of golf and who's going to win the next tournament and uh, what kind of data can I get myself into? So it, it, it's a little bit blurred in a good way, uh, the lines between what my hobbies are, what my passions are, and what my job actually is. You know, that answer really resonates with me because a couple weeks ago when Powerball was about to hit and somebody asked me the question, they said, if you won $2 billion, what would you do? And I said, I would build a bigger podium to spread the good word of golf, right? I would continue doing what I'm doing. I mean, granted, I would f not fly commercial, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I I'm with you there, my friend. And folks, if you're wondering if, who that voice is this afternoon here on Friday, it's my man, Rick Gaiman. He's host of the First Cut Pod, works for CBS Sports. He, he does a ton of golf storytelling. And I just love the stories that you do tell. U.S. tours are done for this year, right? They're all wrapped up. They wrapped up this past Sunday. What's your most vivid memory from this past season, 2022? Was it standing next to Rory there at the country club or was it something else? Uh, that's, that's definitely, you know, one of the personal ones. I think, I think it's hard to look past uh, our 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. And Keith, you know this. Uh, what I remember most vividly about that back nine on Sunday where Rory is in the mix and Cam Smith is in the mix and we don't know how it's going to end. You know, that was not – a three-day buildup. You know, that's a that's a six-month buildup. I remember being at Brookline, looking at my my friends and colleagues, and saying, "Oh my God, when we get to St. Andrews, Rory McIlroy is going to win win the Open Championship. It's going to be amazing. He's having this this year that is phenomenal. He's at his peak power. Something that he's even told us in, in recent days that he's at you know the most complete golfer that he's ever been. And there was this there was just this almost natural assumption that Rory McIlroy was going to win the Open Championship. And when he was in it uh, late on Sunday, it just felt like we were going to get that moment. Now, we didn't. We didn't. Cam Smith plays uh, spectacular golf, ends up ends up winning it. But there, there was just that six-month buildup. And then kind of after it ended, we looked around and said, well, what now for Rory, right? This was supposed to be, this was supposed to be the capper. Um, and he goes another year without a major championship, not without plenty of accolades for the year. But that, that to me, the entire buildup of, of that open championship is something I think about uh, a lot. You know, I think about Rory's year a lot because he played unbelievable golf. Right. He 8.6 million on the PGA Tour, another 18 million for the FedEx. He won the points list for the DP World Tour. I mean, the list goes on. The resume is pretty, pretty legit for this year. But all the stuff that he took on away from the golf course is 
is pretty spectacular. And the way that he's handled himself with all the media scrutiny and all that was going on and then from his fellow players and the live defections and all this stuff. And it's created a lot of change when it comes to the PGA Tour. And what we look forward to, what you and I look forward to covering, I mean, it, we're, I guess we're not really getting on the same hamster wheel. We're getting on a, a wheel, but this one's going to be a little bit different. It seems like the PGA Tour has created a lot of change. You know, Rory's in favor of this. He's become the spokesperson for it and all of that, right? Is all this change going to be good? I mean, it seems like it's good for guys like you and I and the fans, but do you believe that as well? Oh, boy, yeah. We could probably talk about this for a long time. So I think um, I, I think as far as the leagues go now, both the PGA Tour and, and Live, and as far as the players go, for the players, it's going to be a, a kind of a, a huge a huge win, right? They're going to get a lot more money. For the league, um, you know, they're going to be able to reel in more sponsorships. They're going to get an opportunity where the best players in the world uh, gather more frequently together at some of these elevated events. I'd argue the only the only people that are really losing are the fans, right? I mean, I think sport uh, in general is the only place that you want a monopoly, right? You you want all the best players in the world in one spot. You don't want um, you know, Steph Curry and Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo across three different leagues. You want them all playing together in the same spot. And sport is kind of unique in that way, that it's one of the few places you really you really do want a monopoly. So I, I think it's going to be bad for fans, right? We're not going to get all of our, our players in one spot. Um, there's going to be these constant concerns about who's going next, what league are they going to be playing on, that live side, does any of that matter? It's just – I, I don't think the fans are going to be the big winners in all of this. You know, you just said it right there, that live side, does it even matter? Have you ever, I mean, in your lifetime, any sport, any any topic of conversation, current events, anything, right? Has there ever been something that people talk about more than you can remember, yet no one pays attention to it? It is like, it's the, the most interesting oxymoron. I can't believe it. Like, I can't tell you how many people ask me questions about live all the time. And yet I go, well, did you watch it on Sunday? And they go, yeah, I don't even know where it is. I'm like, well, how is this? I mean, it, it's the most amazing, amazing story. I mean, how do you put it all into perspective? No, I try. I try my best. I don't know if I do a great job. But yeah, there, there's there's a lot going on here, right? Um, this is not only a sports story. It ended up it ends up being a, a geopolitical story when the New York Times is writing articles about golf organization. Like, it's just, this is a world we haven't lived in in kind of golf media ever. Um, I think the big problem for Liv um, is that they lack context, right? I, I mean, if someone li- wins Liv Golf, um, you know, Jetta, if, am I impressed by that? Um, should I be? I don't know. I don't know the answer. You know, you beat 48 golfers. Uh, you know, in a in a three round event in which basically everyone was already paid up front, and there's like I, I don't the context is lacking, right? If if you win the Masters, I know what that means. There's history, and there's a green jacket, and there are those who have come before you. If you win uh, the Memorial, and you get to shake hands with Jack, like I get what all of that means. Um, Liv has a context problem, and it's not necessarily their fault because they're one year into this, eight events into this. Um, but it, it, it's going to create a situation in which what you're describing, Keith, which is like, does anybody really care? And do they really care about who wins or do they just tune in because there's more golf available to them? 
I think if they promoted the closest to the pin winners, they would they would get a much more of a following overall. You know, in two years from now, where does this thing all come together? I mean, do you think that you know Greg listens to to Rory, or maybe the Saudis listen to Rory, and and do you think that that there's some kind of merger that's going to happen, or do you think that we're heading down two sides of the railroad tracks and they're not crossing? I would be stunned, shocked. Um, I, I, I it'd be unfathomable for me to think that there is some type of merger or some type of compromise coming. I think we are so far removed from that. And it, and it certainly won't come uh, with Greg Norman at the helm of, of live golf, unless, unless that changes, maybe, maybe things, but um, this is the other problem that live has, right? Live has a context problem in terms of what these tournaments actually mean. And they have a context problem in terms of who their players, who their athletes are. You know, they've been able to pilfer a dozen or so, you know, major champions and guys that have been former number one players in the world, but that can't stop, right? You have to, if you are live, you have to constantly be adding new people to the roster to get um, more fans interested. I think it's going to be very difficult for live to have their own homegrown stars going back to the fact that, uh, there is no context and no one watches this. The only thing, the, the only way that they will be able, able to um, improve their roster is for golfers to have success on the PGA tour in a system of context, in a system of major championships and in a system that a lot of people are watching and, and take that. that that's the only way. And I think that's going to be, uh, you know, you talk about hamster wheels, like that's a bit, you're going to have to constantly be getting new guys. So I'm, I'm optimistic two years. Yes. I mean, they're going to enter their, they're going to enter their first full season of 14 events and they're going to uh, learn from their mistakes and they're going to build on things. But if you ask me if like is live around in five years, I'm a lot less optimistic about that uh, just because of the way that it's currently structured and what's going to have to happen for the entirety of the next five years for their existence to continue. You use the word stunned there, right? Let's shift gears for a second. Get off the live hamster wheel, pardon the pun. And let's talk about let's talk about our man Tiger, right? He played what, 9 rounds this year so far, and all of a sudden he's going to play 3 times. How stunned were you that that you know, December is going to be more than Tiger's birthday month? That we're going to see him play a bunch of times. Now, these these are hit and giggle events. We know that they are, but he's playing a lot of competitive golf and um, we haven't seen him much in 2 years. Is this a good sign for us in 2023? I think so. Yes. I, I, I try to stay cautiously optimistic with Tiger Woods on basically every single topic, right? You know, what, what he's already given us has been awesome. If he wants to give us more, um, I'll take it, even if it's a little. I think, I think right now the bar is pretty low, Keith, right? I mean, you, you yeah. mentioned the, the nine rounds, um, you know, did not play the U.S. Open. I, I think that there's a chance we see kind of a, a similar schedule. Does he mix in a Bay Hill? Does he mix in a memorial. I mean, depending on, you know, just the way his body reacts, the places that he's had the most success are also the ones that are going to punish him the most. And, and, and I think that that's uh, a little bit worrisome. So the schedule's definitely up in the air. Uh, the good news is, as you mentioned, when Tiger is on television, uh, whether it is uh, playing with Charlie, whether at the PNC championship, whether it's uh, a silly little match with Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, like everyone's going to tune in and it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be really, really cool. And I think that's kind of 
what uh, what they've realized with this new endeavor that Tiger and, and Rory are going to take on starting in, in January of 2024, where we're going to have these, you know, Monday night golf matches in kind of a arena style. Like, we just want to see Tiger hit golf balls. We just want to see Tiger be present in golf. I don't necessarily need to see him grind for four days at Bay Hill. Like, like I don't know if I need to see that again. I just need Tiger to be present in the game, advocate, uh, be an advocate for our sport. It's, it's kind of a different tiger that we have now, Keith. So I think, I think everyone realizes that. Um, and, and we're going to get some different versions of tiger, even if it's not the most competitive, you know, Sunday red tiger that we've ever seen. You know what, Rick, you are a tremendous advocate for our sport. There's no doubt about that, but <laughs> you as well as anybody know that the sponsors have to do their thing. So I got to take a quick break for a second and uh, I'm going to get back because I got, I got a couple more questions. Quick questions for you to try to put this year in perspective and look ahead towards 2023. Could you hold tight for a second? Absolutely. Let's do it. Up next, more with Rick, a man on a serious run in golf. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com. you got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Rick Gaiman. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. You know what, Wade? Our guest today has a nickname in Vegas. What's that? Uh, it's Rick Run Good. You know why? Tell me why. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. That's it. I've seen my man Rick Rungood in action out there on the front lines of the PGA Tour. And he's a superstar in the making. And all he does is win. And he's joined us this afternoon. Oh, man. Here we go. We're going deep on this song. <laughs> Do you know all the words of that? Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I just can't say them that fast. Come on now. Oh, man. Be careful. I don't know what's going on here. It hits. It hits. <laughs> All right. Rick Run Good, you back there, my friend? I am, yes. Very much so. <laughs> We're having some fun here on a Friday afternoon. This is always a happy hour conversation, that's for sure. Forget the coffee. Oh, man. Now, 
you know, one of the things uh, while we're having some fun here is there's been a lot of buildup on a story that not a lot of people have talked about. But I'd love to get your insight on it, because with your media background and, you know, all the different people that you talk to, um, I love your perspective on certain things. And one of those things that's coming up is this Netflix series. Right. It kind of was a big story this time last year. And then, you know, you and I were out there out out there chasing around the players and stuff. And we saw all the Netflix gear and, and the folks that were, that were building these stories and everything. The debut of that series is coming in January, right? We all can't wait for it. How excited are you to see what they've come up with? Oh, I'm a 15 out of 10. I mean, Netflix could not have picked a better sport in a better year to make this documentary. And you're right, Keith, you know, we, we talked about it a lot and then we got sidetracked by, live and tiger and major championship and there was just a there's there a lot going on in the world of golf this year and and the idea that netflix was capturing it all kind of faded into the background but i think it's going to reignite a lot of this live stuff right because some of the guys that they do have on you know committed to the documentary i think ian poulter was in there and dustin johnson and a lot of these guys ended up going to live and what i imagine or what i hope for is that we're going to see a lot more of the insight the back and forth the decision making process for some of these guys to finally say okay i'm going to abandon the pga tour and i'm going to go do something else that's a level of insight uh that we have not really gotten and if netflix captured that on tape and on audio, like I'm, I'm stoked for it. There is one other moment uh, that I saw while we were out there. So we were, again, we were at Brookline. It was, the, it was the U.S. Open. I could not tell who was inside the clubhouse on a cell phone taking a phone call, but I watched a Netflix camera key climb through the garden at, at Brookline, at the country club, standing in the garden, shooting from the window, through the window, from the outside, into the clubhouse, presumably because that player's already mic'd up. I have no idea what the conversation was, but if you're willing to go through those lengths to capture the shot, I'm starting to think it's pretty important. <laughs> well, I can tell you what the um, I have some very close friends that have have seen the beta version of the PGA Championship episode. Um, the friends of mine at the PGA of America, and they were blown away. They were like, "It's drive to survive on steroids." So I can tell you, if you are on a 15 to 10, you better get ready for like a 21 out of 10 because um, they said that the 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 players just kind of going with the flow and opening up and you know just and let's be honest you know at the end of the day Rory McIlroy is a bigger star maybe in the world than Max Verstappen and you know I mean this is uh with live and everything I, I can't wait myself you know I I figured you'd get me even more charged up about it and you did um speaking of getting charged up you know the holidays are coming my friend you got anything uh, on your golf uh, wish list for this for this upcoming uh, uh, Christmas extravaganza? You know, it's so funny. I I'm very very lucky, very pl- privileged. I, there's 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 so little that that I pine for, right? I, I think I have so much. I think at this point in my life, um, you know, it's it's a lot more about experiences, right? It's about hey, maybe getting a, a, a foursome together with my dad and a couple of friends and going somewhere we haven't gone before, right? You know, that would be like a, a doing abandoned dunes trip, doing an, a, an overseas trip. You know, there's not a there's not a club that I'm interested in, Keith. There's not a club that's going to help my game, honestly, at this point. So I'm, I, I'm in it for I'm in it for the experiences. Um, something like, uh, you know, going and playing around the golf with with my dad and a couple of other you know close friends or, or people that I that I really enjoy spending four or five hours with. Like that's 
on any golf course. That's that's good enough for me right now. Well, I always enjoy talking to you. So you come out here to New York City, and I'll give you a golf experience. All right, my friend. We'll, go. we'll go out and we'll play, and and uh, we'll 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 try to figure out live and all the rest of the perspective that we need to. Now, speaking of perspectives, it's Thanksgiving. And uh, you and I can maybe kick off of the uh, uh, 600 hours of Golf Channel retrospectives that are going to happen. And um, we could have some fun. I want, you know, usually I do a little rapid fire Q&A about my guests, but you've been on the show before. And um, why don't we do a little rapid fire Q&A about this past season? You up for this, my friend? Yeah, let's do it. Fire away. All right, here we go. Most memorable player of 2022. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, you know, he's just the, the dominance that he has seen. It's, um, it's too good. He had a historic year. It has to be Scott. Best new star in golf. Cam Young. This guy drives it a mile. It's on a string. And oh, by the way, he's got the hands of an angel. Great short game, great putter. Uh, he's going to make a lot of noise moving forward. Ooh, man. I, you know, I was thinking about these ahead of time this morning and I was, I was like, I wonder if he'll say Tom Kim. You know, I, um, that's another name for you there because he went out in Vegas. You know, I, I that whole that whole Sunday 18th hole. Unbelievable. Can't leave, unbelievable. All right. Uh, how about here we go? Best comeback player of the year. Oh, boy. Um, well, that's a pretty good one. How about um, and how about ti- Tiger? Ti- Tiger doesn't count. Come on. Oh, Tiger yeah, doesn't I mean, count. Listen, we, were, we weren't even expecting Tiger to do anything. Okay. How about um, you could say a woman too? You could say that you know I'm an equal opportunist for the yeah, LPGA. Like, like Lydia, I mean Lydia, what she's been able to do has been has been awesome. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Jordan Spieth. Uh, remember how low the lows were, Keith? Right, the three years without victory, and he gave us some really great great quotes. He's an open book. And now he looks like he's finally back and he's got a, a trophy on the man. I, I think I think that's a big one. I, I like that. I'm glad that he's doing better because when he had that cliff shot at Pebble, you never know. If things were still bad, he might have just he might have just stepped forward. All right. Uh, live player you miss the most. The only live player I miss is Dustin Johnson. Uh, you can you can generally have the rest of them, uh, but but what DJ has been able to accomplish from a, a, a career perspective, plus the demeanor, plus just you know him vibing with AJ and everybody else, uh, you know his close buddies on tour. He he's the only guy that I miss, but he's the easy answer. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. I mean, the net net on some of the names that we've lost is uh, speaking of which. All right, we'll do the next one. Who wins? Who wins in an MMA fight? Pat Perez or Phil Mickelson? <laughs> uh, Pat Perez. He, I, I imagine Pat Perez is willing to do anything. Uh, it could get a little dirty out there. He could be gouging the eyes. He could be biting the ears. I, I, think, uh, I think Pat Perez would find a way to get that job done. Yeah, I know Phil's got those high kicks and the dance moves, but I think <laughs> I think Perez, I think Mrs. Perez gets involved and then, you know, it's like WWE <laughs> instead. All right. Uh, best tournament of the year. Uh, it, it was, it was, um, really hard. You may have said it already, but you know, best tournament. It's between, it's between the open championship and the U S open. I'll I'll go with the U I'll go with the U S open. Um, you know, our, our, our nation's championship, the way it plays out where Matt Fitzpatrick, 
you know, hits the hits those shot out of the bunker on 18, but it's it's not over yet. And Will Zalatoris, this up and coming young star, is a millimeter away from that putt dropping on the 72nd hole. I mean, it just it was drama until literally the very last second. I'll, I'll go with the U.S. Open. You know, we live in a cyber world, but I loved the U.S. Open because it was the first time I got to meet you face to face. So I, a good yeah, tournament yeah. for me as well. All right, favorite golf course of the year that they all played I'm on. A, I'm a huge sucker for Riviera. Um, you know, just the, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's in Southern California. You, you're there in February. It's, it's the perfect temperature. Um, the, the way that it challenges these golfers. And uh, if you get to Riviera as the sun's coming up, you'll think you're, you're in heaven. Keith. So I'm, I'm just, I'm a sucker for, for the Riv and, and everything that it, everything that it offers. How about the best shot of the year? How about that Hideki, what was it, a three-wood from 273 yards at the Sony Open? That's the one, right? Oh, man. That's a good one. Yeah, Lou Lou Stagner on Twitter, I think he said there's been, I don't know, 20,000 shots of that length in so many years, and I think 12 of them have finished inside of where Hideki's was, but Hideki's was to win a golf tour. I mean, it's it's just the greatest shot I've ever seen. You could give me a million golf balls from that same spot. Uh, I would never be able to accomplish it. It, it. It's something that shows that, that these guys are just, they're just on a different level. Yeah. That one was pretty good. Fits in the bunker. I mean, there's a bunch of them, yeah. but that one, you know, I'd forgotten about that one. That one, that was, a, that was, a, I mean, that was to win the tournament. Poor Russell Henley. Oh yeah. man. Um, yeah. All right. So if I said best shot, uh, do you have a recollection of a worst shot that you saw this year? Uh, I don't know if it counts, but you know how Zach Johnson is always accidentally knocking the ball off the tee, <laughs> like in his practice swings, and he did it again at, at Phoenix, right? I, I mean, it, I don't know how he keeps doing it. Uh, that was pretty bad. And then, um, you know, anytime you get some of these, I, I think what shows the most because they're professionals is anytime you get some of these guys from three to five feet on the putting surfaces and they don't even touch the hole or sniff the hole. Um, we, we see some shockingly bad putts from guys out there, which is always a little bit, is always a little bit jarring as well. All right. So one that jarred me was, uh, and the guy won the tournament was I was standing out there in Tulsa and I saw JT hit that shank on number six on the yeah. final day. And I was like, Whoa. And you know, being a teacher and everything of the game. And I was like, I was like, Whoa, man. And then the guy won the tournament. That one, that one to me, uh, is just legendary. And so are you, my friend. So I tell you what, I got to get running here, but I want everybody to know, um, how they, oh man, how they can catch up with my man, Rick run good, huh? Yeah, so easy enough, at Rick Rungood on Twitter, rickrungood.com, Rick Rungood on YouTube. It's uh, If you remember that, you can find me on basically any platform. <laughs> well, hence the hence the audio cut there by my, by my friend Wade. You know what? Uh, you know, we started this whole thing, this conversation, Rick, because uh, I asked you, you know, what you were most thankful for in 2022. You know what I'm thankful for, man? I'm thankful that people like you are tireless in spreading the good news of this game. Uh, I love what you do. I can't appreciate it enough. And uh, I hope you have a great holiday season with you, your beautiful wife, and your dog out there in Vegas. And uh, you take care, my friend, and I am sure our paths will cross soon again. Yeah, you as well. Thank you, Keith. Really appreciate it. Folks, 4 p.m. is right around the corner. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. I'm coming back to wrap up today's show with the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly. 
15 years ago. So he got away with it. 650 G's. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns you around into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be motivated to keep pushing yourself further. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game, the Stick and Act Challenge app is the perfect way to add some extra fun to your golf game. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. I don't know what you've been You know, I'll post this podcast this afternoon on all platforms, Spotify, iTunes, you, you know them all. All right. And uh, for as long as it lasts, Twitter is up there. So you can find me at, at KJ Stewart PGA or read the line Instagram. It's growing. It's going to grow even more when Twitter shuts down. Oh, yeah. I love that storyline. Like it's going to shut down. Um, it's going to go. And, and if, hey, if you're shutting it down uh, somewhere else than usual Shut and you're not down. here in our area, uh, 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Hit that listen now button. And of course, this weekend, get to readtheline.com and subscribe before the new year starts. Man, nice little vibe there from One Republic on this Black Friday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And, you know, speaking of which, how about a little retail plug for our friends at TaylorMade Golf? You know, I've been raving about the st- the stealth driver than three wood that I have all year, folks. I love that TP5 golf ball. Uh, I just love my friends at TaylorMade and all that they're doing to innovate. I have seen some uh, pictures of some things that are coming and we're going to evolve even past carbon wood, my friend. Ooh. So if you're excited like I am about well, Christmas, <laughs> I got a birthday coming too. Yes, you, do. you know what? Then you better head over to TaylorMadeGolf.com. All right. We've done it before. We're doing it again. What I am thankful for this Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. in golf this year. Number 10, PGA Tour has a new app, long awaited, often criticized the previous app. Yes. uh, Didn't really get the job done. We've had issues with it. Scores don't update correctly. Tough to follow your favorites. Crashes all the time. The list goes on. It's like Twitter. Anyway, um, the new version is more social media friendly. You can go right if you don't automatically update your apps there on your on your uh, iPhone or your Android um, smartphone. Then uh, just get in there and uh, um, update that sucker. And they, they released it early, a little soft release. So that way they're ready for January 5th. Number nine, Stephen Alker is amazing. Who is Stephen Alker? Well, you ought to know because the PGA Tour champions player, he Monday qualified last August. Mm-hmm. Since then, he's played in 33 events there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Mm-hmm. He's never missed a cut, right? He's got 31 top 25s out of 33 events. He's got oh 20, 27 top 10s. Oh my God, and, amazing. And five wins, wow. including a senior PGA championship. 
He's in 15 months. He's made four point almost four point seven million dollars. That was amazing. Monday qualifier. All right. Number eight, Gil Hans. He renovated two of the major championship golf courses this year. We talked about it a bunch with Rick. You got Southern Hills he did. And then, of course, that led to the epic playoff with JT and Willie Z. And then the country club for the U.S. Open. We get him next year in the country uh, at in the U.S. Open at LACC. I can't wait for that. You got to love my man, Gil Hans. Number seven, live golf. I know I'm far from a proponent, but the amount of entertainment that you get personally out of this week <laughs> after week, uh, the awkward trophy ceremonies, the infighting, the drama, um, Greg Norman's ego continues to sabotage his own endless budget. Um, remember the lawyer's hot mic during the, sure. the hearings? Oh, yeah. Right? Um, Speaking of lawsuits, is anyone still on that list? You know, <laughs> It's like Time Magazine's man of the year. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a great man. You're just... They don't even have a 2023 schedule out yet, but probably knowing Greg, he'll announce it during the PNC parent-child. You know, he'll try to like Trump, you know, like the feel-good moment that's of the funny. year, the week before Christmas. He'll probably do it Christmas morning, right? Oh, All right, number six, golf is number five. Golf is going to finish the year as the number five most bet sport in the U.S. Oh, most bet, okay. Most bet. Um, that's, that's a pretty big deal because uh, even though we know the big four still remain supreme, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Um to win out over all the niche sports is a big deal, yeah, you know, over, over the fighting, over NASCAR, all those other different things, F1. And, and um, you know, it means that operators are going to start spending more money, which, you know, for with Read the Line having 12 wins in 2022, imagine what we can do with a bigger platform in 2023. Right. Number five, Tiger and Rory's bromance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Just when you thought it was JT and Tiger at the PNC. <laughs> oh, no, my friend. Or his, or how about his co-pilot, Ricky Fowler? Remember, he was on the sure. plane with him to oh, Delaware. Yeah. All right. Well, Rory attained number one status again in not just the world, but with Tiger. Together, they started a joint business venture. Rick mentioned it, right? They started an arena golf league. And together, they rallied the best players in the world against Liv. Um, did I mention that they're teammates in two I weeks at the you, match? I think you. Sorry, JT. At least Jordan still loves you. All right. Uh, number four, Nellie Corda is number one again. She started the year with so much promise. Then in March, the blood clot sidelined her for months. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember, she got yeah. really sick, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, two weeks ago, she won at the Pelican, and she's back to number one in the Rolex World Rankings. Gotta love having an American number one in the world for women's golf. Love it. Number three. We lo- n- hang on. We n- love our Nellie. Oh. You may proceed. You've, you've been on fire today with the <laughs> you playlist. You may proceed. I think he scared Rick at one point there. Uh, Whose house? All right, number three. Annoying golfers are gone. When's the last time you heard Bryson or Brooks drama? Yeah. Seriously. Patrick Reed's name, and it wasn't in a lawsuit? Kevin Na slowing down play? Yeah, you big fried baby. Sergio crying like a baby? Pat Perez? Sorry. I'm not taking my kids to see him play anytime soon. Or Phil, from PGA champion and legend to outcast. Right. It's amazing. Thankfully, we don't have to listen to the smartest guy in the room anymore. And, you know, on the flip side, if you're looking for someone to listen to, I highly recommend the international captain from the President's Cup. My man, Trevor Immelman, we'll make him number three on the list from Charlotte. Ah, he was fantastic. Number two, the ladies are getting paid, Mm -hmm. my friend. We talked about this a bunch. I wanted to highlight it, but great venues. Increased purses and young stars. If you're looking for a blueprint, Liv, there's your recipe for success. Hello, Greg, right? They played Congressional and Muirfield. 
and not like just some girls we've never heard of in London, right? The, the rookie of the year was 19 years old. She won twice and over $2 million. They gave out over $85 million in prize money and continued to support a worldwide tour. Next year, the purse is over $100 million. The Women's US Open purse was $10 million. KPMG PGA was $9 million. The final event of the year, we talked about $7 million, whatever. Um, Lydia Ko, $4.3 million. Just to give you a little perspective on this, why it's number two, all right? The highest paid player in the WNBA. Right. Right. There's three of them. They make $228,000 a year and change. $228,000. Mm, LPGA, mm, mm. leading the way. Love it. And number one, my man, of course, always. Will always be number one, right? <laughs> Tiger Woods, he played three majors in 2022. Rick said it himself. We didn't even know if he'd show up. He was there at the Masters. And forget three times this past year, right? How about three times next month? Either way, Let's appreciate Augusta, the Friday charge at Southern Hills, and, of course, the walk across the Swilkin Bridge. I believe he's just getting going. I'm with Rick. I am not cautiously optimistic. I am optimistic, and I cannot wait for win number 83. You're going to hear all about it here on the Pro Show. And, folks, that's your Pro Show Thanksgiving update for the week ending November 25th, 2022. Thanks to our sponsors, New Jersey Golf Foundation, TaylorMade Golf. Thanks, of course, and happy Thanksgiving to you, my producer there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Hot with the hot button today, of course. <laughs> great playlist, as always. You know what? It's always great for my listeners as well. So before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about being thankful. The best way to appreciate what you have is to think ahead and to prepare for tomorrow. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. And this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.